So check this out. Bright Hire just launched this amazing AI sidekick called Bright Hire Plan. It's like having your very own AI assistant that can build full interview plans in just minutes. Imagine going from a job title to a thoughtfully crafted, inclusive job description and a full structured interview plan in minutes. No, not hours anymore. It's a game changer for recruiters and hiring managers. I know I'm usually the one to hate on new tech, but honestly, this sounds incredible. This is AI used right for better quality and more efficiency. It's like the holy grail of recruiting. Dozens of companies from high growth startups to multi-billion dollar enterprises are already using Bright Hire Plan to save tons of money, time, and raise the quality of their hiring. And here's the best part. You can give Bright Hire Plan a spin for free. That's right, for free for 30 days. Just head over to brighthire.com to get started. That's brighthire.com to get started. Cheeseman out. Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, yeah. We got Philly in the house, Chad. Philly startup. <laughs> yeah. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite podcast and guilty pleasure. This is the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. Joined, as always, my Chris Rock to my Will Smith. <laughs> oh, goodness. And we are happy to welcome Philadelphia resident. Sorry, Jess. I had to do it. Jess. Pagoni, she is founder and CEO of Luna. Just welcome to the podcast and Firing Squad. Thank you so much for having me. Glad to be here. Before we beat you up, uh, give give the listeners a little Twitter bio about Jess. Who be Jess? And how many times do you run up the stairs that are in the Rocky? Oh, you know, I'm from Philadelphia. I can't even count the number at this point. So there you go. Thanks for having me today. I uh, let's see. I'm a mom to three young kids. I've got a six year old, a three year old, and a two year old. So life is busy. Um, I have about two decades of experience, mostly in management consulting, working on the people side of projects. So a lot of organizational change, um, org design, culture building, helping large global organizations achieve their big goals by motivating their people. And uh, I am turned a startup founder uh, because of my own personal experience, as well as the experience as a consultant. And I also did a stint as a chief people officer, uh, which led me to realize we needed more personalization in the future of work. We'll talk about that. I'm sorry. How many, how <laughs> many kids? How many kids again? Three. Oh, there you go. All right. I have three too, by the way. All right, Chad, let's, let's tell Jess what she's won today. Well, Jess, you have two minutes to pitch La 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 Luna. At the end of two minutes, Joel's going to give you that bell, and then we're going to hit you with rapid-fire Q&A. If your answers are droning and you get bored, guess what? The crickets are coming. You need to tighten up your game. At the end of Q&A, you're going to get one of these three ratings. Big applause. Motown Philly's back again. That's right, baby. All the Philly steaks you can eat. Golf clap. You might want to call Carson once for some pointers because you need some help. And last, 
last never least, the firing squad. Parents just don't understand, and neither do we. Hit the bricks. It, this ain't going nowhere. That's firing squad. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. She's she's not backing out, gang. All right. In three, two, one, tell us about Luna. All right. So Luna helps companies make it easy for companies to offer a personalized employee experience to employees. Really, what this is all about is let's think big picture. We can personalize our coffee orders at the local Starbucks. We can personalize medicine. It's now time we were able to personalize our employee experience to meet our work and life needs. And Luna's technology makes that really simple for employers to offer. They have the control, but you're empowering employees with choice that really spans all aspects of that employee experience, from work style to team culture to PTO, maybe five more days PTO for less salary or less PTO for more salary, to professional development, to work location and working days and working hours. We're really looking holistically at that employee experience to empower employees and to retain them in organizations longer and serve as an an employer differentiator in that talent acquisition process. Our website is helloluna.com and you can find out more about us there. (laughs) Well enough. Well enough. She didn't need two minutes. She needed about a minute and 22 seconds. All right, Jess. All right. You listen to Firing Squad, you know what's coming. I got to know about the name. Um, Where'd you come up with it? Uh, Hello Luna. Uh, As a former Clevelander, I love the hello uh, to anything. Hello Cleveland. (laughs) Um, There's two L's instead of one. Like, Explain the name to me. Okay, perfect. So uh, Luna is a nod to the moon, L-U-N-A. And um, really the idea that the moon has phases and we as humans, as people also go through different phases. The extra L in our name is for life. The extra L is for life. That's kind of warm and fuzzy from some from someone from Philly. That's deep. Hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> so. we've got feelings here too. <laughs> anger. <laughs> yeah. Anger. What was the inspiration for this business? You could have done a lot of different things, I'm sure. Why this? Why this thing? Yeah, you know, I I had this point of reflection. This is going back to about 2017, where. I was thinking back on my own career. I was sitting in the CPO chair. I had worked with some amazing clients and team members. And generally, I was like, wow, what I wanted or needed from my employer has drastically changed over time. And at about that time, I'd had my first child. I was like, oh, like I, I can't work 14 or 16 hours straight. Uh, I have a, a tiny human to go take care of. And um, I realized that you know flexibility was going to be important at that point in time. But going back, when I first graduated from from college, I was like, I wanted PTO. I was like, I want to travel the world, kind of like Chad's doing right now. I wanted to get out there. and We all want to be Chad. We all want to be Chad. So I, um, I, I realized I would have taken less salary if I'd had the opportunity to have more days off and started to ask this question of like, why, why can't we sort of toggle things up and down based on our needs or wants at a particular point in our career to better you know, stay with an organization and not go look for another place to work that might have the the things, the composition of things that we want. Um, so that led me, it really kicked off a journey for me uh, to research. Like I, I sort of assumed there was another company out there that was making it easy for companies to enable something like this. 
And, you know, I mentioned it in my in my minute and a half that, you know, we can personalize so many things in our world. Why why can't we get more personalized around work, which we spend so much time doing? So um, all of that led to there was no technology offering what I'd come to call personalized employment. And uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I needed to build it. Mm. Well, just so you know, Jess, sucking up will get you everywhere. Um, but why <laughs> why doesn't this exist? Because you have plenty of examples of where it exists out in the market. Why do you think it doesn't exist right now? Mm. Yeah, great question. I think HR tech historically has been a very niche market. So you've got your perk platforms or your kind of professional development platforms. It's it's all sort of separated out. And I think that that's part of the ease of go to market. So if you go to market in a really focused way, mm-hmm. it can, you know, you, you sort of make headway, get traction in, in an area, and then it sticks and and um, hopefully takes off for you as, as, a, as a company in, in the HR tech market. On the flip of that, what we're seeing now is employers are saying like, gosh, a, a, another platform, another technology. So I think that they're, we're approaching this point of, of convergence or an, a need for more convergence. And uh, I, I think, honestly, the reason it doesn't exist is that there's it's, it's a lot to bite off because we are thinking holistically about that employee experience. But I think the market's ready for it now. And I think the pandemic really accelerated the appetite for it. Or over the last, I don't know, century or so, employers just didn't give a shit. That's that might be one point. <laughs> I think that that could be a piece of it as well. <laughs> so let, let's take a look at let's take a look at your experience so far. So we've got life sciences, management consulting. You were in HR for less than a year. You landed a, a chief people officer gig. First and foremost, mm-hmm. how did you do that? And number two, why did you take that position? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's see. I had been with that company for about eight years, and uh, I'd led their life sciences practice. I'd led several of their key accounts. I helped them open up a second office location. Uh, I, I'd really kind of grown up through the ranks of the organization. I'd done a little bit of everything and was recognized as a leader within the... At the time, there were about 100 people. Mm-hmm. So I I consider myself an accidental HR person because <laughs> so does everybody else. <laughs> oh my gosh! Because the opportunity presented itself. The founder at the time uh, and CEO said, mm-hmm. "I'm ready to scale the business. I need to appoint a COO." And ultimately, the title became CPO, even though I had responsibility for talent. Um, technology, facilities, and marketing. Mm-hmm. It was more of a CAO role, but the that particular company was very people-first, very culture-driven, very focused on investing, investing in people to get more, um, more benefit for, for customers, ultimately. So the CPO title made, made a lot of sense. And it was a great learning experience for me. I think um, the opportunity to to see things from that perspective and engage with talent in that way taught me a lot, and and it mm-hmm. it really sparked a lot of the the thinking that led to to what Luna has become. And so, I did make the decision to move on for a variety of reasons. Uh, some of it was not not feeling like I had quite enough runway uh, in the role itself. I think the the founder wanted to mm-hmm. to scale, but maybe didn't know how um, and. And I also 
had this light bulb moment where I was like, we, I, I, I want to go figure this out. I want to explore if Luna could be, really be something. And that entrepreneurial tug led me there. And your therapist said it would be better for your mental health, right? <laughs> <laughs> so was, was, was COVID a good thing or was it just bad timing? Uh, COVID was a good thing for us. So okay. why? Um, you know, I think if, is, if we could go back and erase the last couple of years, I'm sure a lot of people would, would wish for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and maybe I would too, but I think my, my talk track, the ability to sell into teams and to companies would be a lot harder because now flexibility and adjusting to employee needs is recognized as something we need to do. I was recently out at a, a conference in Vegas, HR Transform Conference. And if I, you know, I, I heard it once, I heard it a million times, like we we, ha- we must now meet employees where they are. And uh, COVID really taught us that. I don't think that that companies would be saying that if we didn't go through what we've just been through. They've been saying that for years, Jess. Well, we should have listened. And people are our greatest resource. They certainly are. <laughs> Jess, you raised you raised an undisclosed sum uh, in August of 21, which is very mysterious. But I'm curious, what did you do with the money? And is there a plan to raise more money in the near future? Mm, great question. So uh, we raised friends and family in the, the first half of 2021. We are currently raising our pre-seed uh, round. We're raising a million right now. We're about halfway there. Um, we used the funds from friends and family for building a our platform. Uh, I'll call it V2 of our platform. We, we built our MVP on Bubble.io, a low-code, no-code technology. Mm-hmm. We used that to get to market quickly, um, effectively be able to iterate um, based on feedback really rapidly. And then once we knew what the requirements were, mm-hmm. we started building uh, in our own custom environment. So that's really what that first round went towards. And we're raising now focused on marketing, sales, and talent hiring. Gotcha. And what is a typical customer look like? Is are they big companies? I mean, is it mostly like uh, East Coast? Is it a regional kind of thing based on sales? Like what? What does a typical customer look like? Uh, and is that the kind of customer that you currently want? Or are you looking to bridge out into a bigger, smaller, different? So currently, our, we have two primary customer types. The companies that utilize our technology, I would say, are in the SMB market currently. And I expect that we'll stay there for a period of time. But we are seeing the size of company that's interested and in beginning to adopt our technology grow. So between 250 and 1,500 employees is, is the sweet spot at the moment. Um, but... I do expect over time that'll continue to get larger and larger. The second customer type that we have is really just managers inside of companies. So it can be anyone who leads a team, maybe a division. And we see we see managers signing up that have a team of five or a team of mm-hmm. 30. Uh, and really the value prop to those leaders as buyers is a self-service tech platform that can centralize a lot of what I'll call that revolving door of flexibility chaos that leaders are experiencing. You know, can I go work from here for two weeks? Can I live in in Portugal for a month? Can I, you know, have this professional development? Instead, it's kind of centralizing choices in one place to make it fair, equitable, and inclusive. And are you comfortable telling us how many customers you have and what your revenue is? 
Uh, yeah, sure. So we have uh, we have a dozen, a, about a dozen customers right now. I would say seven are companies, and the other five are teams. Our team uh, platform, our team plan is relatively new. And in terms of revenue, we've got about 50K in ARR currently, mm-hmm. and um, that's starting to ramp pretty significantly, which I'm excited about. So we, we started off slow. We spent 2021 really focused on feedback. Uh, so we've still got a handful of companies that are, are friendlies that are not paying customers, but we're, we're working to transition them over now. And what's your biggest hurdle to making a sale? Like, What's the pushback that you typically get in a demo or sales call? Yeah, I think the biggest the biggest thing that I hear, especially from HR leaders, is the like where to start. So um, because there you can when you look at that entirety of the employee experience, it can touch so many things, so many policies within an organization. So what we'll end up doing is is really distilling it down, perhaps focusing on let's let's just dig into like return to office. What kind of choices do you want to offer people in that return to office process? right now. And then let's look at how we can expand that over time to further personalize the employee experience. So it can be, I, I guess it could be a little overwhelming at first to, to like you have that aha moment, like, yeah, this is where things are going. Mm-hmm. But w- wow, this, this really could touch a lot of different things. Yeah. So where exactly do you fit in the HR stack, tech stack? That's a very good question. Um, we... We are a new category in HR tech. So I would say you could liken us to a perk platform to an extent. We could handle some of that through through our technology. Um, you could kind of pull professional development pretty close to where we are because you can think about asking choice asking people for their preferences around professional development but this is new this is definitely a new space so we we tie a lot of different pieces together what's up guys i got a question for you what happens when you bring the power of ai to programmatic advertising well game changing efficiency of course what does that mean to you improved conversion rates reduced cost per application, and ultimately the one metric that we all know truly matters, reduced cost per hire. Sounds pretty good, right? Well, great news. This technology already exists. Introducing HireMaster.ai. HireMaster.ai is a data-driven model that analyzes a wide range of data sources. It considers factors such as candidate demographics, job type, industry, and historical performance data. It continuously monitors and optimizes your job advertising campaigns to adapt to changing market conditions and maximum results. HireMaster AI empowers recruiting teams to work more efficiently and effectively by automating certain tasks and providing valuable data-driven insights. Why not give it a shot today? Learn more and start your trial by visiting HireMaster.ai now. That's H-I-R-E-M-A-S-T-E-R. Okay. So having seven companies as clients right now, I would say you probably don't have many integrations. What is your integration strategy? Mm -hmm. Yep. So we have an open API. We have the capability to integrate with payroll or HRIS. We are, we've initiated some of that already with some of the companies that were, we actually just kicked off um, one integration for uh, Workday with, with one of our customers. Um, 
But the strategy overall, and I would say longer term, bigger picture is that not only do we have the capability to integrate with the HR tech stack and and the, the different players that organizations are already using, but also that we're able to embed key kind of offers and benefits inside our technology. So anything from team building to um, to certain maybe like more fertility benefits, you could just toggle that option on from Luna versus having to go to a, a, another vendor to access that that particular benefit. So we we intend to become the hub for the employee experience with integrations to both those benefit providers and service providers, as well as mm-hmm. to the technologies that really maintain the employee data for a company. Okay. Talk to me about go to market. What's your what's your main focus on go to market when it comes to sales revenue driven? Yep. So um, the two primary areas that we focus on are direct to C suite. So certainly going into heads of HR or even CEO, CFO, um, and that's that's really the the effort where I spend my time. Um, I also have some sales support as well. Mm -hmm. And then we also work uh, with partners. So HR consultancies or other benefit providers, benefit brokers, and they, they love us because it's, you know, a cool thing that they can discuss or, or suggest to their customer base. So we have kind of referral partnerships in place. Uh, with a handful of companies, and we intend to grow that pretty rapidly this okay, year. Okay, so the prospect of going around HR directly to the C-suite—it's not a bad idea. How do you intend on doing? Because getting to the CEO is not the easiest thing in the world, right? Uh, who? Yeah. How do you how do you intend on doing that? Yeah. Um, so far, the way that we've done it is through warm introductions, mm-hmm. connections, or um, networking at you know, conferences or or other um, kind of in person opportunities. And the the intention is not to circumvent HR. It's just that when you think about this employee experience overall, it's as much about HR as it is about like leaders inside of the companies and. When when you know CEOs do care about how their how their people are managing and how they're retaining their employees, so we ultimately will talk to HR whether we come in that way or not. But often the CEO, it's an attention grabber for a CEO to say like this is a, this is a new way for you to differentiate not only your company and your brand, but to better retain the talent that you have on the team. I think you should just hire Rocky Balboa to do your sales if you want to get in front of executives, Jess. Oh, yeah. But if that's not an option, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, you uh, <laughs> you went to Penn. Uh, you got a little Wharton business in you as well, I see on, on LinkedIn. I'm guessing that you heard at one point in that education that choice or too much choice is a bad thing. People don't like to think, don't, you know, when it, when they're presented with too much choice, the choice they make is no choice. Um, are you, yep. a, is it, too, is it unfair to say that your product, uh, giving employees so much choice, although sounds great is a bad thing, or are you seeing something different or would you refute that? And that choice is, forgive my, uh, Gen X reference, the choice of a new generation. Um, 
Okay. So, well, first I need to clarify. I, I went to Penn for, I did some coursework at Penn, but I'm a Penn State graduate. So just oh. to make sure I'm not offending any Penn. A couple of Buckeyes. Uh, on that's okay. On, that's yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. It will not, it will not, <laughs> it will not be part of your uh, grade by either of us. So Speak for yourself. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, hopefully it won't be. Um, but here's the thing when we uh, the what we recommend to customers, whether it's through kind of our, our resource center and tutorials or through onboarding a new company, we 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 don't recommend offering a million choices that will be overwhelming and not effective. So there's certainly a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. What we see when even if it's a handful, so anywhere, let's call it between five and 10 choices offered to an employee We see that um, satisfaction scores, especially with diverse talent, go up really significantly. Their intention to stay with the company increases significantly. And we also see a lot of benefit around um, in, in gender differences. So for females specifically, having that permission to have choice and flexibility mm-hmm. engages the female workforce in a really positive way. So um, I think there's absolutely a balance to be struck. I would not recommend anyone says, here's 30 choices and like overwhelming people is it's too much. But just a few things actually goes a really long way. And they don't have to be earth shattering. They don't have to be net new budget. They can be as simple as you know, how, like, do you want to work remotely two days a week or three days a week? Mm-hmm. Just even saying that as a choice is is empowering to employees. And your your website is uh, really robust with screenshots of your analytics. Uh, what do I get in your analytics package if I'm a customer? Uh, can I kind of customize what I see? Talk, talk about the data that uh, is in your dashboard. Yeah. So the the data that you're getting from Luna, I'll I'll, I'll say is like, Think about it as that real-time data about what your workforce needs to be supported and to be effective right now. So if engagement survey data is a look back at what happened, a regular survey of what would you like to see happen is a look ahead. Our data is the right now. It's the here and the now. And um, you see that as an at the aggregate level. So across your team, kind of where are people choosing to work? When are they choosing to work? what type of professional development is interesting to them. It can help with like perk and benefit utilization even. So understanding like, whoa, no one's picking this one thing or seeing um, kind of how your team works best. So when do you do your best thinking or when do you prefer to have meetings? You can see how that stratifies across your, your team or your organization. And then um, you also have access obviously to the data at that individual level as well. And we encourage the manager and employee to use that information as part of one-on-one meetings to lead to more effective leadership and you know better expectation setting and transparency overall. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about remote and hybrid. Is this really driving heavily off of the the, the new need, the new want to to be remote and hybrid? Yeah, I think that's a big piece of it. The two most popular dimensions within our technology right now are, I'll say the three most popular are work style. Mm-hmm. Um, what does work style mean? Work style could be, how do you like to receive feedback? When do you do your best thinking? Never. How do you... 
<laughs> um, and then so work style, professional development and like flexible schedule design. And in that flexible schedule, it's choices like, do you want a standard work week? Do you want to compress your work week to four tens or four nines and one half? Do you want to work remotely? Uh, two days a week, three days a week, no days a week. Um, all of those are, are incredibly popular at, at this moment. The thing I, I, I think is really interesting is the choices offered within Luna's technology are time bound. So it might be you pick what you want for this mm-hmm. quarter or for this you know next six months or maybe next year, but at least that frequently. And um, the what we're seeing is that as as people refresh, as they kind of go through the next cycle and pick their choices the next time around, they are changing what they want. So the the idea that hybrid is a specific policy, you know, a lot of companies right now are saying, uh, come back to the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Monday and Friday, you can be remote. And employees are like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't like that at all. And I don't want to be told what to do. So I'm going to go find a new job. And so what I always say is if the company said, hey, we want everyone to be in the office at least one day, let's say that's Wednesday, pick two more days via Luna where you want to be in the office. Can I tell you, people are going to pick Tuesday and Thursday. But now they had choice. They had a say. And so it's the same end result. It's just framing it in a different way. And um, ultimately, I think uh, what companies are maybe missing right now is that what people say they want today is going to change. And Mm -hmm. you don't want them to leave to find the thing that they want elsewhere. You want them to stay. So in order to do that, you've got to create a process and hopefully utilize our technology to enable that. Okay. Talk to me about cost. What's the price behind this? Yep. A, a customer's at seats. How do you guys do this? Sounds expensive, Chad. Yep. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. So listen, for less than $200 per employee per year, you get to have access to the Luna technology. You get access to the reporting. And um, when you look at the cost of losing an employee, it's 50% to 200% of their salary. And I would argue that number is probably rising. So for for less than 200 bucks a year, uh, I feel like there's good ROI on being able to retain people, even if it's just for a little bit longer. So you were founded in 2019. You've mm-hmm. raised a, a family and friends round. Yep. You're looking to do a, a sort of a pre-seed um, three years later. What's your end goal? Is this you know sort of a nice local business that you want to build? Is it uh, you want to build this thing up to you know ten million ARR or hundred million ARR? Like, what's the grand vision? What does success look like for you for this company? So our tagline is work designed for life. And I firmly believe that everyone should have that opportunity and that that should be the way we approach work moving forward. So my goal with this business is to grow it as big and as fast as possible to reach more people and impact more lives. I think happier employees means happier people, happier citizens, and just a better world overall. So work designed for life or bust. And work designed for life. Let's dig into that for a second. That means almost nothing to me when I read it. Should I read more into that? Is that the mantra? Is that the rallying cry for the company? You're a Gen Xer. That's why. Is that why it doesn't yeah, mean anything to me? Wait. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I have so many questions about what goes on inside your head now. <laughs> Work designed you don't for life. Want in there. You don't want in there. We don't want to go down this rabbit hole. Okay. Well. Well. 
So listen, no, no, we can, we can, let's do it. So, so okay. we, for a long time have, we get a job offer from a company. We say, okay, that salary looks good. And then we see the list of benefits or policies or programs that we have access to. And they may or may not meet our needs. We, they may or may not be anything that we utilize at any point. But we just say, okay, I'm going to conform into your box company. Here I come. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a new opportunity for us to instead approach this in a way where I'm going to I'm going to do great work. I'm going to deliver the best outcomes I can deliver to my company, but I'm going to do it in a way that works for my uh-huh. life and not at the sacrifice of my life. And I don't know, my, my early career days, and, and you could argue for, for the, the better part of my, my career overall, it was the grind. I, I went, I did it, I put my head down, I worked as hard as I could. And um, that was just the way it was done. And it was, it was very much more life designed for work. I fit life in where I could, and I, otherwise I was just working. And I think we can flip that. All right. I would go with like, customize your work benefits. But that's just me. Yep. I'm an old guy. I'm an old guy. All right. <laughs> Jess, are you ready to face the firing squad? I'm ready. There she is. You got it. All right, Chad, get her. All right. Jess, first and foremost, I'd like to say the um, the team that you put together, pretty good looking team. Pretty good looking team. The uh, co-founder uh, ha- has a ton of uh, analytics, workforce analytics composition. And not to mention the rest of your team looks, looks pretty solid too. Um, timing. Uh, seems to be perfect as employees have more chance and power to do and go where they want. The problem is I'm just not sure that this is going to last very long. In a recent survey, uh, about 77% of managers reported that they will be willing to implement, quote unquote, severe consequences like firing workers or cutting pay and benefits on those who refuse to return to work. Um, I love this concept. But I just believe that the jury is still out on remote mm. and hybrid. I understand there are, are, are many other many other things that, that that you guys do. We just reported on a uh, an article where Google was talking about boiling the frog, which pretty much means we're going to give the employees the perception of flexibility as we continue to raise the temperature one degree at a time as we bring them back to the ball and chain and the desk cubicle beanbag that they have at Google. I think you have a chance if you're going after decision makers like the C-suite. Um, you know, adoption is, that is the biggest topic. Uh, but you have to remember that if you're going after HR, HR is not the group that's giving the orders, providing vision or plotting designs of the future of the company. They should be. They should be right in it, but they're not. Mm -hmm. All of this means that they are slow to adopt new or anything uh, incredibly, incredibly slowly. I think that you, uh, you got a chance. Let's put it that way. I think this platform's timing is perfect if... You can actually get to the decision makers who will pull the trigger. The problem that we're seeing and that we're hearing and that we're, I believe we're going to experience is that all of this choice and flexibility is right now just a, a mirage. And if that's the case, so will this startup. So I'm going to give you a golf clap as long as you are pointed wow. all right, Chad. on that CEO. 
All right, Jess, these kinds of companies break my heart because I've been doing this for 20 plus years. So many companies that I look at and I go, oh, that's a great idea. That's an awesome idea. And they don't pan out for a myriad of reasons, um, whether it's not a must have, it's not, it's sort of a nice to have. Um, I'm guessing that any demos that you give, people are saying, this is a great product. This is really cool. And then you bang your head against the wall trying to get them uh, to actually buy product. I think that what really tipped it for me when you said we're a new category, new categories do not fare very well in our industry. And if you don't have $100 million to hammer that new category in, you're really just betting on at some point the world will catch up to the idea and that the category will take off. Will this category take off? It may. It certainly may. And maybe I am uh, past my prime and things like work designed for life is a catchphrase <laughs> for a new generation. I like it. I see part of this is you're bringing a knife to a gunfight. You're going to try to push that boulder up so far up that mountain to get people to see your vision, to get this category to take off. I think that timing wise, it's going to be harder to raise money. If you're raising money 24, 18 months ago, I would say it'd be a lot easier because money was flowing and money was free. But I think you're going to run up against a lot, a lot of walls. Uh, and do you have the energy and you know the timing to, to crash through it? Maybe. However, not personal. I just think that this business has too much going against it, both timing-wise and industry-wise, to do nothing oh, else. But unfortunately... Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh. Oh, that really hurts, Joel. Oh, I have to say, it's it hurts. not personal. It's not personal. <laughs> I look it's, forward to proving you amen, wrong. I will sister. come back to tell and we you. We look forward to bringing you on so you can tell me to fuck off. <laughs> Rocky style, baby. But until then, Jess, let our listeners know where they can learn more and get that demo from Luna. Absolutely. Uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Find us at our website, helloluna.com, or shoot us an email at howdy at helloluna.com. Chad, that's a melancholy episode in the books. We out. We out. This has been The Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Chief podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the firing squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.